Yeah, I know what these new mics you get all the nice. <laughs> no, oh, God, it's going to be horrible. I need to work on not uh, talking too close to it, you know? Well, also, a big thing is it's going to pick up a lot of, like you said, mouth noises and like that kind of stuff. So we have to be more conscious of that. But, you know, yeah. also it's just our natural speaking patterns. So, Charlie, are we, are we doing the episode actually? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Racket Tour Collection. We've been gone another week like no excuse really two weeks. Like two weeks. jack's whispering something over there to it's me. been like two weeks oh it's been like two weeks yeah it's been two weeks since we put out an episode yeah mm. no i mean because when we just missed this last week oh then and then man, look it up all right jack's derailing us again even you, though i just got the one back. who's continue, continuing the derail but everyone thank you so much for tuning in and again I personally, Charlie here, apologizes. February 15th. Apologizes for the absence. Work is work. And you know it well. And I know it well. And we all know how well work can take. Take your time. As the wise man once said. <laughs> Guys, welcome back to the Raconteur Collection. Your hosts, Jack and Charlie, are back. With new microphones, hopefully you can tell the difference. I know that we can when we've listened to it a few times. And it's all thanks to our lovely supporters over Patreon. And that's what the money's gone to so far, you know? And we really appreciate it. We love the support. So you guys can call us in there. Give us a few schmackas, a crisp $5 bill. It's going to be real crisp on the mic. And we also have, you know, a Twitter, Instagram, all that kind of good fun stuff you can follow us on for updates and a Discord server if you're on the Patreon, but you don't have to. And I'm just kind of getting all the, you know, nitty gritty out of the way before we jump into the the meat of today's episode. So Charlie was taking a sweet time, and you guys know me. I don't take my sweet time, so we're in the episode. Charlie, how have your past two weeks been? Well, I was often thinking how much I do enjoy when podcasts have two intros both of which are taken up by separate people. Jack, I don't think you understand. People, the listeners out there, they love they love the storytelling. They love the cadence of which I speak, and they love it. For some reason, I don't know why. Would I love it? Probably not, but they do. My last two weeks have been really good, Jack. Um, of course, busy with work. That and on to the episode topic. I'm kidding. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> of course, busy with work. You know, we had a little another little snowstorm there. Yeah. Where it literally sleeted ice, which was great. So, we, you know. It got slick really fast. Yeah, I was, was driving on it, and yeah, it, was, pretty it was horrible. Yeah, horrible. But uh, you know, other than that, it's been a good two weeks. Just especially this last week felt very long, and I was just mentally ready to have a break from work. And already, I mean, just being off today, being able to sleep in, you know, drink some coffee, play some video games, Feeling good. It feel much better already you know what i mean like if i had to go back tomorrow i wouldn't be that bummed so but i have tomorrow off which is great beautiful and so here we are you know on this beautiful saturday 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 welcome back everyone to the rack and tour collection beautiful saturday afternoon and jack how has your last two weeks been man you know last a lot two of weeks, a lot of news a lot, a lot of, of news a lot of news indeed so like charlie i've been working a lot 
Let me take an obligatory sip. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Yeah, I need to be careful about this chair. It's very squeaky. <laughs> yeah, I know. This, very these mics squeaky. pick up a lot of stuff, but without that background noise. So it makes it makes it feel a lot more like natural and homey, I feel like. You know what I mean? You know, it's like it really sounds like we're sitting right next to you. We're sitting right next to you telling our stories, and you're just enjoying the And you're the like, company. how did you get here? This yeah, is exactly. my home. This is my house. How are you in my room? How are you sitting on my chairs? Drinking my teas and coffees. Anyways, been a busy two weeks with work. Um, so there's no storms, and I had to work a Saturday or two, like in a row. Not, not, like nothing too bad. The job isn't super demanding, but it's just very mentally taxing for sure. Uh, we also had been looking for a house for this past month, and we finally found one. We've been moving into it this whole past week, so it's been work and moving, work and moving. I actually skipped out on our D and D session last night. You know, to kind of focus more on moving more things and that sort of stuff. And the house we got is great. Fits all of our needs. It's in a lovely location, lovely area, lovely yard. It's it's It exceeds our expectations, and we can't wait to fill it with all of our items and all of our love and all of our memories. So it's been a good but busy past two weeks. And I'm going to let you guys in on the little bit of the nitty-gritty backstory real quick. This is a twofer session. We're doing two episodes in one session. So next episode actually might not have nearly as much like catching up to do. Do you know what I mean? So. Maybe we well, could, so we, it will. And we could fabricate a few things. It's going to be funny because, you know, we'll be like, oh, Jack, how was your week? And we're like, man, it feels like it was just just a, an hour ago, though, you recorded. This, this week has gone by fast. <laughs> oh, it is going to be post like days like Basically a week later, right? Or no, no. So this some... one, this one, this indie game topic is going out. Is going out tonight. today. Yeah, you know, tonight. As much as when we you can. guys are hearing it, yeah. And the next episode, which is planned to be an Elden Ring impressions, Elden Ring, Elden Ring, become the Elden Lord. Um, that will be going up Monday. Hopefully, getting back to our normal schedule. Yes, and then of course we'll be hop hopping back on our normal schedule from there. Sounds beautiful to me. So that that's kind of the plan for this episode release. So yeah, we are recording two in a row, but for you, it'll be separated by what a day or so. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. About a day and a half. But this uh, this episode, but this episode sponsored All by <laughs> sponsored by legendary Nord dice Roll. Roll. So, I was gonna say Raid like Shadow Legends. I was gonna say Dice Company because of. We play yeah. D&D, but... Dude, that'd, that'd be, be awesome. That would be, be sick, sick to get some... That's some why we sponsors. need to start our D&D podcast, man. The only problem is I think D&D podcasts are very dominated by the popular ones. And I mean, I guess it's kind of the same for any podcast out there, right? Like, you have your popular podcasts and you have, like, just this smattering of lower ones. They're never, like... Is anybody out there listening to, like, mid-tier podcasts that have, like... Like, ones that aren't huge but aren't small? Yeah. Talking, like... You know, a thousand seems, listeners. It, yeah, it seems to be you either you either are so successful that you can become just a podcaster, or podcasting is just a hobby, and there's no in between. Yeah. So you know, who knows? But Jack, who knows? Yes, Charlie. Let's you know. Let's go ahead and dive into the the meat. I would love to dive into the main course. Oh, getting a phone call. Let's see who it is. Is it from work? Uh, it is a number I don't know, and so the phone is being silenced. And and if they can a voicemail, we'll play it live on the air. No, no, we won't do that just because I, I don't know who it's from. But we're going to find you and kill you. That would that's be a little. All, that's all. It God, is. That'd be a little spooky. Yeah, it's weird. So my ringtone is the Majula theme from Dark Souls Two, and 
even when I will go back and play Dark Souls 2, I'm like, is my phone ringing? Oh, no, it's, it's just <laughs> mine is um, Crashervania by Starbomb. Mm. So it's pretty good. I am excited about this episode, Jack. I'm excited, too. I actually have a whole little category I made on my Steam list here. Oh, nice. So, But, you know, I wanted to give a little bit of a highlight and a spotlight to some of those games that we've mentioned throughout the last, you know, four or five months. The little games that we've said, oh, hey, this is what I've been playing. And, of course, you know, I think the smaller games definitely deserve a call out, especially when we're thinking about doing an episode about Elden Ring or, you know, Elden Ring impressions, because, of course... You know, yes, that's just how it works. Yes. And I would like to not just be like, oh, man, these games just forget about them. And in the light of something great, because all games just are forget great them in different ways. Yeah. And so, Jack, let me pass it to you. What is your first game on this list? My first game, I think, is probably the oldest one on my list. It's uh, Cry of Fear, Oh, which is actually a modded version of Half-Life 2. Kind of okay. built on that engine, using a lot of uh, similar assets and that sort of thing. Um, Cry of Fear, you take the place, the role of Simon, and you're kind of, you know, he encounters a automobile accident, and then he wakes up and doesn't know what's going on. But there are strange enemies, strange people, all kind of seeming to know what's going on or trying to harm him in some way, mm-hmm. and. This game, it's one of those games, I think if it was remastered, it wouldn't be received the same way. Because something about the visuals and, like, the sounds really add to the experience. Like, the sounds aren't super high quality. Like, they're they're good. But they're right. not, like, that crisp, you know, Modern Warfare 2019 yeah. quality. Yeah. They kind of have, you know, sometimes, like, the mic sounds like it's a little blown out or whatever. Or things are just, like, too loud or whatever. But it all adds... To this game so i mean you've played through cry of fear right mm-hmm. it's been a while yeah. though it's, it has been a long time like you know when that guy with the chainsaw chases you yeah through through that city part one of the most stressful chase sequences i can think of mm-hmm. but it's really good it's done really well because the audio is done very effectively in that game so yeah cry of fear cry is of fear. a good one definitely reminds me of that you know post I'm trying to be real conscious about not going a lot. Yeah. But, you know, that <laughs> post-Silent Hill era when people were really hungry for new types of horror games. Yeah. And it fits kind of right in there. I mean, the another the other one I remember that came out around that time was called Grey. And there were, you know, several. <coughs> oh, my gosh. There were several. Sorry. You know. Other iterations of those types of games. What was Grey? It was another, like, Half-Life engine-based okay, okay. horror one. You know, all a little bit, I would say, edgy, you know, dealing with some darker themes. But um, Cry yeah, of Fear. Cry of Fear is pretty dark. Cry of Fear, I think, is definitely probably the most or the best one out of those. And, of course, I don't remember that much from it, but I do remember it being freaky. And I do, and this will come up again, but that kind of crunchy audio mm-hmm. that it has is shared by some other indie games, you know. Especially one of the other ones on my list. I'll definitely, I'll probably be the next one I talk about here. Yeah, go, yeah, but yeah, yeah. To make a pretty drastic jump, and of course, this is one Jack has not played, but uh, one of my favorites over, especially last year, the little game called Loop Hero. Now, yes. I remember when this game came out, it kind of created a lot of buzz, and so I got to it kind of late compared to when it came out, but I was like, you know, I've been hearing a lot of good things about this game. Let me, let me throw it up. And so, 
started it up, played it, and right away, you know, this is... It hooked you. Oh, it hooked me. You got this amazing kind of like 8-bit crunchy audio, and the story itself is, I think, a little overly complicated because it's all about how the world was sucked away and that you're the only one who remembers it. And so the actual hmm. game kind of goes in between being a like a little base manager and then you running these loops to get more resources to build your base to yes. eventually beat the bosses of the loops. And so you'll start loop one and it, you know has the one boss at the end. If you beat that boss, then you move on to the second loop, which you know enemies get harder, quicker, you you know as you loop around this path more times. Ducking and dodging harder. and diving and fighting. Yeah, but what is interesting about this game is that it's it's not that it plays itself, but so when you start the loop, you know, you have your little guy and he goes down and you'll see a little monster and you start getting different cards. And the cards are like, oh, hey, this is a mountain card. This is a field card. This is a goblin layer card. And so you start, you basically build your own path around this loop. And so you can start to target yeah. specific materials and be like, hey, you know what? I need to kill groups of four enemies because it gives me this resource. Hmm. And so the game was just, it really kind of hooked me because, you know, it would kind of teeter in between being too overwhelming to where you'd be like, oh man, I don't know if I can do another loop. Because every time you loop, you pass your little campfire and that you always have the option to leave. And if you die within the loop, then you lose like 70% of your stuff. You only okay. need to keep 30. Wow. So kind of that Dark Souls mentality of like, hmm. can I do it one more time? You're like... Do I sacrifice all of these materials for that one more loop? Or the kind of more horrifying one is after you place enough cards, it unlocks the boss. And then the boss kind of takes over your campfire spot. And so you have to fight the boss. Interesting. And so that was always a thing, too. You're like, do I want to fight the boss yet? Because the bosses are pretty hard. Like, they don't. Because the battles themselves kind of play out. Um, automatically based on your stats and based on the items you've been gathering so it's like for example like you'll have a little short sword and it does 8 through 12 damage maybe by the end you have whatever other sword and it does you know 34 through 40 damage mm-hmm. and so the battles kind of play themselves out and so you kind of have to hope that you're just strong enough or you've collected enough resources to succeed but okay. man overall i I really enjoyed Loop Hero. It was just a great... I think it would be a great stream game because you can kind of sit back. For sure. There's a lot of talking. And since you're overseeing everything rather than directly swinging the sword or doing that, it was a lot... I was like, man, this would be a good game to like sit down and you know just chat, have some commentary over it. Have, have some coffee and chat. Yeah, because then you know you have those... Every once in a while, you have one of those runs where you can fill out the entire map in the whole board is just insane and you know you come across an enemy and it's like three goblins and two ghosts and every tile you're getting into a fight every tile and you know it's just it gets just insane and and Hmm. multiplies and gets harder way quicker than you'd think it would and so loop hero is my first choice and a game i highly recommend very cheap uh doesn't require a lot of like very cheaply made no doesn't require like a fancy computer so you know if you're worried about being able to run some of these hype. Is it on console? It is not on console. Just on PC. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But Loop Hero is my first one. Hmm. Jack, would you want to play Loop Hero after I've described it to you? Maybe. 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 To be honest, it doesn't seem like one of like your types of games. And we all know what he means by that. It's a bad game. I'm just kidding. So my game. Wow. Next one. I, I don't know if you've played this one. But I know you've heard about it. Luck Be a Landlord. 
I've not played it, but I definitely watched several videos. So it's a game where you're a tenant in this landlord's apartment complex. The rent consistently increases every, I think, five to seven spins, something like that. And the way you earn money is by playing a slot machine with different icons on them. So say like one icon's a cat. And the cat, you know, you spin it, gives you just one. But if you have like a little bottle of milk and the cat's adjacent to the bottle of milk, the cat will consume the milk and then it'll give you plus seven more gold. So eight, you know, because it did that action. So you can do like a lot of these really interesting like synergies with all these different icons. You have like, the geologist who can mine rocks and also takes these rocks and then has a permanent increase how much he gives you. Or you have divers, you have dwarves who drink, you know, beer and wine. And when they drink the beer and wine, they consume it and they give you plus 10 for each one they consume. So you can build like these different runs kind of based off what you get. And it's really interesting. And the games are super fast. You can pause it. Like there's like no pressure on it at any time. You can like leave, pick it up, whatever. And it's a really entertaining game. The music's great. And you can have roles, like, you get to the point to where, you know, your rent's, like, 20000 a spin. But, like, you can, dink, pull the lever, and it's like, oh, I got 50 gold because I didn't get any of my adjacents that I have for, like, my little build or whatever. Dink, you pull it again, and you get 100000 You know, like, there's that kind of variance in the game. So, so it's you're a, gambling. It is gambling. <laughs> but, like, it's gambling with, like, you know, there's no stakes to it. Right. The game's right. like five, six, seven bucks, something like that. Yeah. And it's a super fun way to pass the time. And it's really kind of fun trying to get those different combos, trying to get, um, you know, to be able to pay rent every, you know, every uh, couple spins or whatever. And if you complete it and you, you know, because after you pay, I think, a thousand in rent, you go into endless mode. But you've beaten the game. And you can add on different like difficulties. So rent is increased by this much, you know, on turn three. Or you now have an X in a spot where you can't have an icon. So like there's less chances that you can have like an adjacent match or whatever. So luck be a landlord. Really fun, easy to play game. I like it. I recommend it. Just available on PC, correct? It is just available on PC. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, Luck Be a Landlord is definitely one of those ones that I've always wanted to pick up just because it it blew up pretty big, I think, within especially like the kind of the YouTubers that Jack and I watch. And it always was just a very interesting game. Like it does really hit that itch of like, man, just one more game. It maybe if I can get it just right. Yeah, but oh, then, like you're just one away from yeah. the pair, and you're like, "Oh, come on!" And there's yeah. always there's always that worry in that game, or not the worry, but that desire. Which I guess it's kind of healthy because it's, of course, you're not gambling your actual money. But you you think that, oh, man, if I could just get this, I could just, you know, do it a little bit differently or get this symbol or get this spin, then I would be good. And then, you know, I've seen some games where you're just making thousands off of every spin. And oh, yeah. Just keep thousands. going. And you can make like a million like dollar spins mm-hmm. or whatever. I think Northern Lion, that guy that we watch... If you pair like suns, flowers, and rain clouds or whatever, if you do it to a certain extent, you get like, you know, a good like a fifty times bonus. Yeah. And you can get like billions 
So like, well, you don't even have to worry if you ever get a match ever again. But it's just kind of the fact that you can get those numbers is really crazy. Mm-hmm. Really crazy. It's good. Yeah. And there is something satisfying about watching numbers get up and go bigger. I mean, and, and the sounds are all real nice. It's like doo doo doo. Yeah. Doo doo doo. And you can like speed up or slow it down. So like you know, it's it's a very I overall. I've not been super into like idle clicker games, but it has that same type of appeal to where like seeing those, like I think of my favorite one, which is Adventure Capitalist. Oh yeah. Where like it gets so satisfying to like get those big upgrades to get those. And for some reason, I don't know why it's It's just some part of the human brain. You're like, oh yes, now I'm making 48 quadrillion (laughs) instead of 47 quadrillion. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, there's no (laughs) actual difference, but okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's my number two. That is a great one, Jack. No, these are in no particular order, by the no. way. Just kind of no. talking. Yeah. These are all just all recommended to play. All recommended. Yeah. I, I'd recommend all of these that I have on my list. So this next one is one that I have talked about. I think, you know, for a decent amount on the podcast a in the past billion years. But it's one that I kind of wanted to give its own spotlight because this game I think is absolutely fantastic, and the studio absolutely fantastic and the game of course is hades um hades dominated a big part of my year last year and i remember that that's all you're talking about on the podcast yeah it i i gotta tell you hades you know super giant hades nuts (laughs) sorry (laughs) got him (laughs) got him um jesus so loud um but hades listeners is oh man I just can't tell you. That game has is something special. And one of those games that I think doesn't come around that often. In fact, like Super Giants of the studio that did that, of course, their first game was Bastion, which I played way back in the day and I absolutely loved. Bastion, of course, was kind of unique for its narrator, you know, like a deep voiced narrator. And then, of course, just the art design of like the world kind of building itself and falling apart around you was always yeah, very... Interesting, and then of course, Super Giant wanted to do Transistor, which I never played. I tried to play it a little bit, to be honest, and it didn't really hook me. And then it was kind of the same feeling for they had another game that came out that was like a weird sports style game, where you kind of like you had like three different players, like almost like a Blitzball esque hmm. sport. Um, hmm. Played that hmm. one a little hmm. bit, and again, didn't grab me. Didn't and so, which is always sad when that happens because you look at those games and I'm like, man, that looks so good. Like Transistor looks like a game that would be right up my alley. But for some reason, after playing it now, I only played it for about two, three hours. But it just did not didn't get me. But I Hades, think it's enough time to kind of right, you know? know if a game is going to hook you or not. Hades was the exact opposite. The first hour I jumped in, I was like, oh, man, it's real good. I mean, not to mention just the art design and the story aspects of the game, but mm-hmm. just the gameplay itself. It's fantastic. Nice. Really reminds me of, you know, the best parts of, I don't know, the best like roguelikes you'd imagine, like uh, close to like dead cells and that very kinetic, fun action and then very challenging, but then not so challenging that you ever feel like you just want to quit. And the constant upgrades to the game as you get introduced to these different gods, you know, Zeus will give you this boon and Poseidon will give you this boon and then but that's different every single time and so you end up having these different runs and these different builds of course which are then further customized by which weapon you chose to go through did you chose to go through the sword the shield the bow I personally ended up being very fond of one of the bow variants which allowed you to load up your bloodstone gems and you could just do these super huge power attacks Hmm. 
based on because you could get like the bloodstone gems to have super like effects based on which god gave yes. you a boon for it and so once you play the game enough you start to purposely go after certain things because you know how good the combo is and the game is just it's incredible it's one of those games that weaves its story in with the gameplay in such a unique way that you are always interested to see you know i think in a lot of roguelites and i think of you know binding of isaac or any of the other you know big ones that what is lacking is kind of the story yeah but in hades every time you got to the end you got a little bit more information a little bit more of that story and that motivation was just so i don't know magnetizing for me yeah like it was made me be like man i want to beat it because i want to see this next little beat in the story and then how zagreus the main character is always commenting on what you're doing and you know, there's just a bunch of just great. I, I cannot give Hades enough credit, and to be honest, I think it is a masterclass in designing story and investing players Loving in the story with the gameplay. Yeah, because not not very many games do that. In fact, yeah. it is really Dark Souls. I think does it pretty well. But then Dark Souls story is all in the background. Dark so you Souls don't story. I don't to. care what anyone says. Dark Souls story is pretty. It's it's very like floaty. It's yeah. it's, it's a great story. Basically, it's but lore. If you're trying to it put is. it together yourself, you yeah. it's so hard to actually make sense of a lot of it because a lot of it does come from you know. Okay, let me just go through this again and again and again. Okay, let me memorize this speech and these characters and okay, and then put the pieces together here and then this item description, this item description. Okay, you know dialogue, dialogue, and you know it's very um. It, it keeps you interested in the game because of the way it's woven in, but it's very, like, it's as not in your face as it can possibly be mm-hmm. while still being there. Yeah. Dark Souls is very much a lore-based game, and Hades is, like, much more of a direct story. Uh, Got to give another shout-out for Hades just for the music as well. The music in Hades is freaking awesome, man. I believe their composer, and so pardon me if I get this wrong, but I believe their composer's name is Darren Cobb. And he's been with them for every single game. And he has some bangers, Darren man. Cobb. I mean, I I can't say enough about Hades, you know. In fact, I would love, I know some of our other listeners out there, uh, primarily Michael, who's been a guest on some of their episodes and patron, has also played Hades and loved it as well. well and like, Didn't Jack get really into Hades Jack too? got really yeah, into Hades. Like and really it would be fun it. to do a specific Hades episode. That being said, I would kind of like to go through and replay it again. I actually bought it originally on steam mm. through. almost did it i think i didn't do two of the last kind of grindy challenges but i did basically everything in the game and then after i finished it all on steam i was like you know what i'm gonna buy it on playstation because it came out on playstation and so i played i think a couple runs on playstation and then i was like ah eh, i'll wait you know i think something else came up to mind yeah so i have i can play it through on playstation and i'd really like to get the platinum on there again but of course now a lot of my gaming time is being taken up by Elden Ring. Elden Ring. So, Jack, my game number three. My next one is one that I've been imploring. Number three. Number three. This one's been, no. So, mine, I'll just say it. Phasmophobia. I've talked about this before. Phasmophobia originally was made by one dude. More like crapophobia. Shut up. <laughs> no, so Phasmophobia <laughs> is a game where you are a ghost hunter. And ghosts are a very real thing in this game. You choose different locations to go explore. I like how you, and ghosts are just very real. Ghosts are real. I'm like in the game, right? And you just look at me. <laughs> no, 
Mm. You can go explore like a one-story house, two-story, three-story, an asylum, a school. There's a lot of new locations that I don't even know right now. But, and you can choose, you know, if you want to be like an amateur, professional, or intermediate, all that kind of stuff. Anyways, so you go into, you know, this house, and you've chosen your initial gear to start up with. Why do you do that? There's 48 grams of sugar in these Arizona teas. Just a lot. No, there's only 24. 48% of your daily sugar, though. Oh, 48%. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's just with 50% of your daily sugar. That's of added of your added sugar. Arizona tea. It's actually a different. They're different metrics. Added. Anyways. Anyways. Shut up. So you you choose your stuff to go in and you unlock the door of the house. You know, you walk in. And you have a little voice box, and you just say things like, where are you? How old are you? Why are you here? Are you friendly? You know, and the, the whole time the radio thing's going through the different channels, and it is so s- freaking scary the way they do it now. Like, you're like, okay, how old are you? And you just get old. Like, right behind you. Like, the way the mm-hmm. audio works, it sounds like they're right behind you, and you're like, oh! And it's like, are you friendly? And then she goes, die. And you're like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out of here. And so then you're, you know, you're kind of walking out, and then your light starts flickering. You see the door, and boom, shut, and like it's locked, and you, you know, so it's like hunting you. And there are tons of different kinds of ghosts, um, different entities, and all that kind of fun stuff. And I think the way this game is presented is super, like it's a very intuitive way. To like have a ghost hunting game like it's just ghost hunting there's no like oh you have to go do this and this it's like no you buy the equipment you need and you go do it you don't have to do like anything else to like mm. actually do the ghost hunting it's just ghost hunting with go with like real ghosts and it's really cool so phobia is super fun to play with friends uh try and i have played it like once or twice together he died like every time because He's a noob. Um, well, in that, you know, that's I'm glad you brought up Phasmophobia because it was one of those games that I was like, man, that sounds really fun. But yeah, the several times I played with you, and I know like it's still in early access, and I know I only played it for an hour, but I played it, and it would be one of those situations where like nothing would happen. We You'd get, get like one voice. I wouldn't really know what I was doing, and then all the doors would lock on me, and then I would just die. And it was like, okay, cool. And we should give it another chance. Literally, that would happen every single time, though. And like, there wouldn't seem to be anything I could do. And Jack would be like, stand against the door, stand against the door. And I would be, or don't move, don't move. And I would, I'm, I'm like, go run, like hide or whatever. But I'm like, any, but I would just run around the, run around the locked room and then just get eaten. And I was like, okay, like, what's the, what's the point? And then Jack, of course, had all the stuff and I didn't know what any of the stuff did or, and so I gave it was very like, clear explanations about what everything did, but you know, well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying though, is that like, there seemed to be when I played it and my problem with it, and this doesn't sound true according to your experience, but there did seem to be very little between, Oh, Hey, you get some freaky sightings, but Oh, Hey, you'll die if you stay in there just a second too long. There, there, there. So you do have cases where you walk in and the ghost is like hunt immediately. That usually happens on like professional but for the most part, if the ghost starts hunting you, you can get away and you can hide if you get into a closet or if you're lucky and it just locks you like in the house, you can just keep walking. But sometimes it hunts you for a long time. So you got to be kind of careful, but sometimes it goes your way. Sometimes it doesn't. 
that's just how ghost hunting is. So I think phasmophobia is really good, really fun with friends. So that's my what third game was that third or is that a fourth? I don't remember which one that was, but it was one of the two. So hopefully, or are these important calls, Charlie? No, the first call was for the finally I sent this email out. I think Monday or Tuesday this week uh, to our apartment. The first call was the somebody with a repair technician for our oven because our oven. The burners work fine, but the oven itself doesn't heat up. The second call mm. was from Starbucks, or Starbucks, <laughs> for, from my job, Starbucks, and they needed to talk to somebody because our phone apparently wasn't working, like it was got disconnected or something like that. And so, but I can't, I can't work for them, or you know, I can't do it there. So I will probably send out a message to one of my supervisors to give the technology desk a call so they can troubleshoot the phone today. Yeah, you know, just stuff like that. Nothing, nothing super important. But yeah, that was my apologies for the interruption. But yeah, that was my problem with phasmophobia is that, yeah, I never there never seemed to be like the fun part of it because I would get start having fun and then it would just be like nothing happened or you'd see one small thing and then it would be. I would just die. I think we should give it another try. That's that's what I think personally. So phasmophobia. Phasmophobia. The next on my list is a game I also talked, I think, a decent amount of the podcast last year. But that game is Monster Train. I I remember this one. Go, going back, right? Taking taking us back. I was a huge fan. And I know Jack played this one, too, of Slay the Spire. Slay the yeah, Spire, Slay I feel Spire like. Slay the really good. Really. It didn't revolutionize, but I think it really set a really good standard for, like, card building games. And card builders, or deck builders, I should say, have really been one of my favorite genres of, I think, especially indie games and, you know, a lot of the things that I play on Steam. I really like that kind of methodical approach to how successful you are is based on how you build your deck and how you execute certain things. And it's not necessarily based on Twitch reflexes and it's more based on, you know, the 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 strength of the thought or the power of... I mean, frankly, chance when you know if you get the right things or not. But Monster Train, which I played for probably about 30 hours, was definitely a very, very fun and I think great experience. Yeah. Mainly because it kind of took those aspects of Slay the Spire and changed them up just a little bit where you were defending your train versus these oncoming angels and so you play as the demons yeah so you know you play as the monsters and you're defending Mm. yourself against the angels who are trying to put out the fires of hell right and so the whole point of monster train is you're trying to get the train to the center of hell so you can restart the inferno again Hmm. and so the demons and monsters are like the downtrodden in this one which is which is kind of cool but you know so you have three lanes three rows of the train and enemies will enter on the bottom and you set up your monsters to defend them and then it is you have an assortment of spells that you can use to either power up, to buff, to summon more enemies. You have different types, so you can pick the demons, which are kind of focused more on strength and multi-attacks, or like the waxen, which are all about like reforming, like they'll burn out and die, and then the you, get the, you get the card back, and they reform stronger. And so there's a bunch of like really interesting and cool mechanics within Monster Train, and I believe Monster Train is available on PlayStation and consoles. I might have to double checked that, but I played it on Steam. Okay. Interesting. But if you were a fan of Slay the Spire, 
I would highly recommend Monster Train. Again, I think a perfect, especially for you, Jack, a perfect stream game, a perfect game to kind of really be able to, you know, sit down and bring your chat in to make these decisions or, you know, and Monster Train was always so good about every time you lost, you're like, okay, but if I had just maybe played it a little bit differently or if I had just done yeah. it just a little bit differently, I could have succeeded. And so Monster Train, I think, was always so good about giving you that feeling of, the, hey, even if you die, even if you lose, you're still gaining things. You're still yeah, you gaining kinda a new card. you kind of knew what was going on, though. You kind of, you felt it coming. And man, as with, I think, Hades, the music in Monster Train, it's freaking amazing. I played it with headphones a lot, and so maybe that's why my impressions of the music was so strong. The music in a lot of these indie games are really stay like they really stand yeah. out. They're really good. Yeah, and so Monster Train definitely highly recommended. Of course, I don't think I beat it several times, but of course, it was beating Monster Train was not that bad. I didn't play the DLC, which I think is called Last Divinity. So there's a lot of Monster Train that I haven't seen, but I but I did play through. I would say like probably what the general player would play through yeah. through most of the time. But okay. highly recommend Monster Train, especially if you've played collectible card games like say the spire and you like those a little bit of a different twist a little bit of a different feeling in this one very cool my next game is one that we have both played i think i played it a good more than you did but charlie can you take a wild guess what my next game is well when you first started i thought you were going to pick one of mine which was later on the list but i don't think you are since you said you played more of it um God, a game that you've played more of that we've both played. That's a lot, man. An indie game, too. Because I haven't played Tarkov, so it can't be Tarkov. Tarkov's not on the list. We've already talked about it. I don't know, John. What, what, what is it? The Forest. The Forest. Okay. I mean, I played a decent chunk of The Forest. I played a lot of The Forest. Yeah. So The Forest is... it. So it, The Forest came out in the area... The area... The era of, like... When survival games were like the mm, craze. Yeah. And a lot of these games... Now, I'm not saying The Forest is suck. perfect. A lot of these games do kind of suck because they suffer from it takes way too long to get this and there's no real benefit, but there's nothing else to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just got... Let me cut in here real quick. I'm sorry. Because this is also in the era that I think we first tried to play Ark. Oh my gosh. And Ark, dude. Man, people... Love rave about Ark, Ark online, yeah. but man, my impressions of playing Ark, I'm like, God, this game is just it's, not fun. It, it's not fun to me. Like, man. what's the fun in exploring if you just get murdered immediately? Like, I remember we were spawning in on this beach, and there's just high level raptor that just kept murdering yeah. us, and I'm like, just, what's the point? Okay, you try and to it run takes away. So long to do anything, and like nothing you're doing feels like it has any import. It does feel different in a game like The Forest. The Forest, I think, does feel a little bit better. In some ways, uh, I'll have yes. I'll have a little so more to add on. So the forest is a game where you're on a plane with your son, and the plane crashes over this mysterious island. And you start the game by your character waking up, the plane's in half, it's crashed, and this weird, freaky dude has taken your son. And then you get up, and they're gone. And so you start the game with very little, this little like survival axe you find on the plane you know, backpack and some cans of soda or whatever. The goal of the forest is to find your son, survive, and to explore the caves. And the where the forest excels is the the feeling you get when you're being watched 
from the trees by these, you know, cannibals is really well done, I think. Mm-hmm. The, the escalation in the forest. The is escalation is very well done. Exploring the caves for the first times is incredibly fun, incredibly mm-hmm. terrifying. Uh, when you find more of the freakish nature things that are going Some on. Those eldritch creatures. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really well done. And a lot of the basic crafting, I think, is also done very well. And gathering... Basically, gathering everything but logs mm-hmm. is actually like 100% fine and okay. Where the forest kind of dips for me is if you're just... Because there's no, there's no time limit on it. If no. you're just trying to survive and build a base, it takes so yeah. long to get logs. Even with the chainsaw, it takes forever to build things. Yeah. But apart from that, I think the forest, because it's a very small team is is and was very well done for its time yeah and i'm beyond excited to play sons Sons of the forest Forest. which is you know yeah the next part in the game which it looks phenomenal from just the trailers i've seen yeah but i so the forest excels in a lot i do think it has a few hindrances that most survival games do kind of suffer from Uh, and it could be a bit more in depth in a few different areas but overall i think it's a really good example of like survival horror Mm mm-hmm no, I would totally agree. Uh, the Forest was great. I didn't ever beat it personally, but I did watch some people beat it. So I know how like the forest ends, and I know like the weirdness of the ending and stuff like that, which I won't spoil here, because if you haven't played it, I do think it's definitely worth getting to the end. Yeah, I'm trying to... Like- I'm trying to entice people to like look into it and play it themselves if they have like the 20 yeah. bucks to buy it, because like, it also is a really... That's fun multiplayer, Yeah, too. it's a really fun game to... Well, sorry, it's a really fun game to play. I yeah. mean... And you don't have to build elaborate bases. Well, and see, the, so that's what, I mean? what I was going to say, is that I think when I first played The Forest, I was kind of mistakenly under the idea that building a base would be more important. But I don't actually think it is. I think The Forest, you're supposed to be a much more mobile and moving around. And you're you supposed build, to like, be, outposts, be out, Yeah, exactly. But I was always under the impression of, like, man, I need to get this base and have a stable supply of food and water. Mm-hmm. But you never really have that. And so, like... And then you're kind of like, if you build a base, then you kind of end up stuck in a part of the island when really you need to be moving all throughout this island all the time. And it's really easy to get lost and not be able to get back and to just be trapping situations. But, I mean, the forest is really good. I remember going through one of the huge cave systems, and it's close to this area where there's this huge pit. And you just, like, all this weird stuff you're finding down there and just, yeah, very creepy I will say it has body horror esque uh, vibes going on in this game. You have that cassette player you can pick up cassettes for that have like some really great like synthwave tunes on them. Yeah, you know, yeah, little little side. That's, bit. A, that's a good call, Jack. I thought the forest would yeah. be a good call. 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 Good of metroidvanias uh especially when you think of games like hollow knight or i mean any any of those other ones that have kind of come out recently i've always loved being able to explore axiom verge is another one being able to like explore the maps uncover those kind of secrets especially those 2d side scroller type games i mean going all the way back to like original metroid i've always loved those feelings and slowly getting powerful and being able to go back to old areas and get to new one game that did not get me that I thought would is this game came out called Grime, 
another Metroidvania. Really interesting. Grime. Grime, yeah. Really interesting art style. Grime. Um, but one of those games that it just goes to show you that even though a game might be right up your alley, this one just did not speak to me. Grime mm. has a weird Dark Souls-esque kind of like vague story going on. Bizarre enemy designs that are all like these weird rock-esque type people. And you know, but for some reason, it just did not did not hook me. Hmm. Did not want to keep playing it. I played it for probably about four or five hours. And it was just like, man. It kind of just kept being like, okay, like I like this, but it's not grabbing me. Yeah. And then I go back to like another example, like Blasphemous, which is a game that came out what several a couple years ago. Was 2D, it a couple years ago? Yeah, 2D Dark Souls-esque Metroidvania style game that had like a lot of, I don't know, religious Catholic stuff going on with it which was absolutely awesome i loved blasphemous but blasphemous made me want to keep playing and keep exploring but grime unfortunately did not do that and so i wanted to add it onto the list just as something i did play and something that of course i will i really want to try later so i'm glad it's you know just gonna hang out in my steam library forever yeah for sure but man talk about not disappointing, but like you think you go into this game, and I remember I bought it and I was so excited. You know, I was like, "Oh man, this is that's a, always the worst." This fifteen dollar indie game, you watch the trailer and you're like, "Dude, that looks right up my alley." And you start it and you're like, "God, I like everything here, but it's just not." You know, it's like when you get a really good meal, right? And you're eating it, and you take a couple bites, and you're like, "This is good, but I'm not really hungry." It's not. I don't want to finish this. Yeah, you're not ravenous. And so I wanted to bring that up because interesting, that happens from time to time, right? And Jack, I wanted to, you know, take a quick break from our list here and say, has it ever happened with you? Have you ever, like, got a game that you were excited for that you maybe saw these trailers for? And you're like, oh, it's getting good reviews. Let me jump into it. And then you jumped into it and you're like, man, really? Um, when it came out to console, because I, I didn't have a PC at the time to play it, uh, Daisy. Yeah. Really disappointed in Daisy. And I know the people that play that game religiously and they're people that, you know, love it to death or whatever, but. Man, it is just a frustrating game to play. And I know, oh, like, you know, look up all this stuff, watch it, like, cool, I'll do that later. I don't want to, like, as a requirement to understand the basics of this game or to have fun with the game, why do I have to, like, watch all this stuff, watch these people who are, like, really good, or, like, games that kind of have that kind of requirement, I mean, you have a game like Tarkov that has a lot of in-depth systems, but the gameplay is fun. The loop of it's really fun, you know. And there, there is stuff that gives you, yeah, like this is where you get this, this is where you get this. You can find these items at this map, yada yada. Daisy, on the other hand, is like here you go. And you're okay. Well, what do I do? You're cold. Okay. Well, how do I warm up? You're too hot. Okay. Well, how do I fight the zombie? Yeah. I missed. Why did, why did I miss? Yeah, why, how the zombie... Like, there's a lot of like, really frustrating things about that yeah, game yeah. that just really took me out of it. Uh, like you said earlier, Ark was one of those too. Yeah, it's just, uh, just a really frustrating experience. Uh-huh. And maybe I need to give it another, another try. But, you know, it's just one of those things where it's not that I necessarily won't ever look something up about it, but I hate... Feeling like if I were to say something about it, like online, like, hey, why am I not getting this? It'd just be, oh, just watch this. Oh, just do this. You know, like, look yeah. up these guides. And it's like, well, why isn't it intuitive at least enough to give me a yeah. foot to stand on? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like in the early days when Dark Souls first came out and people were like, hey, if you want to be good, 
shoot the tail of the dragon, get the drake sword. Oh my gosh, yeah. And, you know, yes, I do think that is helpful for new players. But, like, honestly, with a lot of, especially with Dark Souls, Dark Souls, and, you know, by an extent in this, which you guys will hear in our next episode about Elden Ring, is definitely one of those games that rewards you for slowly building up your character, slowly putting those levels in the right place. And Daisy, not one of those games. It does not feel like that at all, where you don't feel rewarded, you know what I mean, for what you do. And I remember I played Daisy way back in the day when it was just the Arma mod. And, you know, it was just weird. And yeah, it had a lot of good. It's good for content, but I don't know how enjoyable it is to actually play. You know what I mean? It's nice to watch an edited video where they cut out the hours of just boring downtime that happens in that game. And then only highlight the moments where you run into another player or you get shot at and there's zombie you know what i mean like the mm-hmm. good moments few and far between in those types of games exactly it's a good one did you so is it my turn again see we mentioned a little bit you mentioned yeah, grime. grime let's throw it back to you because i i got we got about we're at 50 minutes here jack we're at 50 minutes and i got two more okay okay two more one of which We've both played recently, okay. which I'm sure you know what it is. I'll, I'm, I'm going to give you one. I, I I have two more as well. That Do you want do you want the one I had a positive experience with or bad experience with? Let's go with your bad experience so we can end this episode on a positive note. A controversial one. Stardew Valley. Mm. This is a big game that has been constantly hyped up as being like, if you like Harvest Moon, if you like this, this is an amazing, fun game. I've given this game probably about three, four good, honest tries, both on and off stream, both with and without friends. And it just hasn't, it doesn't hook me. It doesn't hook me. I don't feel, I don't want to go meet the people in the game. I don't know. Maybe it's just this weird block in my head that's like, no, don't like this game. But I feel no, like I don't want to explore the dungeon thing that it has. I don't want to, you know go meet the people and do that kind of stuff. I don't really want to work on the farm and I don't know if it's just if it has to do with the uh the way you play the game. I don't know if it has to do with because the art style is fine, music's fine, all that kind of stuff. It's just something about Stardew Valley does not click with me and I've tried it many times to try to get it to click and it just it doesn't stick. And there's a game, you know, I've only played like one Harvest Moon game a lot, and that's Harvest Moon Save the Homeland. And that's like a game where I'm like, if I could like go in a mod a few things about this game, this would be the perfect farm game for me. Because it's, like, it's just the right amount of like, you know, you have to do this. And like, then it's also like, it's just amount of, it's the right amount of balance and work in a video game. And I feel like Harvest Moon, in my opinion, it doesn't it doesn't feel like work or like fun you're just kind of playing to like do things if that makes sense it's like minecraft without the freedom of minecraft hmm. in a sense like minecraft you can kind of create your own story like you always say you can create your own thing in heart in Stardew valley so there's a lot of names in Stardew valley i just feel like there's i don't know I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's hard to explain how I feel about this game. Yeah, it is funny though because I I remember when I first played Stardew Valley, I was like, man, I bet you Jack would love this game because I knew how much you liked Harvest Moon, Save the Homeland, you know. And I was like, man, uh, Stardew Valley is just a better version of that game. And literally, 
Jack yeah, just bounced off it several times. And meanwhile, I mean, the first time I played Stardew Valley, I wanted to come home and play it every day. You know, I remember the start of every new um, season, I would be going and planting all these crops and be up all the way, all the way up until like 150, right before your person passes out, you know, because I'm trying to get all these crops planted so I can maximize my money and yeah, uh, Stardew Valley. I really, I really love that game. I played it a ton. I mean, I probably played the game for like a hundred hours, like, and I could probably play it some more. Yeah, but yeah, it never seemed to click with Jack, and that always surprised me because yeah, a lot of our friend group, like even like, you know, like our sister who normally doesn't play like a lot of games, like loves Stardew Valley. You know, Michael loves Stardew Valley. Even like his his wife loves Stardew Valley. And like so, I'm sure Laura likes Stardew Valley actually if she played it. But I this is I don't know if it's just like I have this weird block in my head that's like don't like this game for whatever reason or if it's just really not just clicking with me. I I don't yeah. I don't know cuz I do know that sometimes I tend to be kind of like mm, when people like recommend things to me or like this is mm. good, you'll like it too. I'm kind of like well how do you know? You yeah. know what I mean? Like there's that weird thing but with Stardew Valley, I think I've given it enough tries for it to not be just that. Yeah, if that makes sense. So yeah, Stardew Valley, I think it hit me at the right time too. You know, like I remember when I first played it, it was like, oh man, I'm just burnt out with my job in the city, and I'm gonna move off to a farm. And I was like, God, that sounds so nice. What if that's maybe I just didn't play it when I was feeling like that? You know what I mean? So like it the that aspect of it was great, the and vibe. you know, yeah, I'm not usually one who likes to like, like I don't like, yeah, I don't know. Those types of games where you have to like meet all these NPCs and remember things about them and their schedules. But for some reason, Stardew Valley, it totally worked for me. Like it totally just clicked and I wanted to, you know, be a part of this little town, this little village. I think what I like about Save the Homeland, because that's really, like I said, this is really the only Harvest Moon I've played, is that it gives you the whole like story in the beginning. And it says, yeah, go talk to people and get to know them. But there's no like requirement to. And mm. in, Save, in uh, Stardew Valley... There's like this requirement to go talk to like you have to do this, you have to do this. To do well, this, the, you have to do this. Yeah, that, this, that, that is that, that, that. true to some extent. But then Harsman, you can talk to this one person, do their quest line, you're good. You don't have to do like anything else really. Is Stardew Valley is like that. People will tell you you have to do things in Stardew Valley, but really, if you just wanted to grow your crops and sell your crops, that's all you have to do. Events will happen though, and so maybe that's why you feel like that, is there will be events that are like, hey, today is the spring dance. And the whole day is taken up by that. And so you, like as a player, get kind of locked into you can't really do anything that day because they have a festival. You know what I mean? So, so. But yeah, Anyways. that's a, that's an that's a interesting one. That is a controversial one, I would say. Um, the Of course, I think I'll save the one that we've both played for last because we both played it. But the, so my second to last one is one that I just played through recently in a game called Inscription. Inscription? Yes, I have yet... I'm blew sorry, up. Uncle Matt, I've yet to play that. Inscription blew up a uh, month, month and a half ago when, it came, like, out, when like, it came out. Maybe like two months ago. Um, then it was really kind of regarded this weird meta game, right? Which, unfortunately, I do think kind of hurts it because if you go into Inscription th- knowing that, I do think it ruins it a little bit because people are like, oh, man, Inscription's so weird. You won't believe what happens. And so when I went into Inscription, I was really expecting weirdness. And it is weird. Like, And I do really like inscription but what what got me about inscription and especially the first part of the game is there's a great physicality with it unlike a game like slay the spire where you know you're very much as a player removed 
Inscription kind of is like, no, imagine that you're sitting at the table, the game is laid out in front of you, the items you have are these items over on the side, you can get up and stand up from the table and walk around this little room. Hmm. And so that was a really fun aspect, there's like a nice physicality to it. Yeah. And like There's even with, weight to it. with all the pieces and the way like the pieces move across the board, it, like it was very satisfying in that way. Probably took me about 14 hours to beat or so. So not that long, that long of a game. But man, I really loved it. I do think later on, this is not a spoiler, but I do think later on some of the systems that they introduced and some of the different gameplay styles get too complex and you don't actually need to use them because I didn't use them at all and I was able to get through just fine, kind of just mm-hmm. relying on what i knew from the game the in the past yeah because there's one part in the game where they introduce a whole bunch of new systems and you're like oh man wow i need to get all these new things get these cards yada yada and then i was like well what if i just rely on like the cards i knew in the past and just use those and those totally were fine and i just totally beat well, it that there you way go. and it's weird because the game is so um shock value based by being like oh this is happening now and you're like what that it felt weird that they were giving you all these options. Like I was going to go back and replay it with a different play style, like Slay the Spire. Because in Slay the Spire, all the different options I think are good because you'll play it multiple times. But Inscription, I don't really feel, now that I've beaten it, I don't feel the desire to play it again. I mean, hmm. like I played it through a little bit because I liked the way it felt. But then like, I'm, I don't have the desire to play it again. I feel you. So I feel you. Inscription, highly recommended. Pretty cheap on Steam. It's on my list. And I think it's one of those games that you can be one and done, which is always nice to have those games that you can play through oh, and sure. then you can finish in a short amount of time. We're kind of in an age where games aren't really one and done anymore. No. Here's one that I don't know if you've tried, actually. Oh. Slasher's Keep. No, I have not. Slasher's Keep. Oh. It's a, it's a roguelike game where you start off like in this cell and it has a very cell-shaded look to it. And it almost very like Wolfenstein 3D-esque when like you move and the character's bodies like move around with you. Yeah. So exactly it's kind of, it has like a charm to it. Um, and you know, you level up and you can like put things like these slots for like if you, when you die, you can get them back, you can get those items back. You know, it's like your beginning is stronger than whatever. And your goal is to, you know, get stronger, go through multiple times, unlock new things, try new things. Um, there's like wands, there's magic, there's spells, there's, you know, these, these different skills and feats you can learn, um, all while being like in this really charmingly done game. I think the sound effects are crisp. They're nice. The soundtrack really isn't anything special, but it's just kind of like a little doon, 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 doon. you like twanging on guitar, that kind of stuff. Um, and it can be frustrating at times, but once you kind of get it, you can get into this you know, uh, was you can like see the matrix essentially. And okay, if I chain attacks or chain kills, I can get more experience. And so if you're a higher level and you go through and start again, okay, this I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna try to just find enemies as fast as I can. Go, 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 go. You chain all XP, get more XP. You can kind of like, you know, speed yourself up through the beginning rather than like take your time on it. It's, it's a really interesting game. I do need. I haven't beaten it. I do need to play more of it. I have a series of it on YouTube, actually. That's had a lot of updates since I've played it. But it's a oh. really fun, interesting game. So, Slasher's Keep. Slasher's Keep. Slasher's Keep. Slasher's. 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 The hashing. Well, Jack, before I get to our last one. Yes. 
which is a game we both played recently. Yes. Um, I have two honorable mentions, just small mentions. I'm not going to oh, yeah, talk we, about I have much. a lot that I haven't like talked about that I feel like we need to mention more. Yeah. And so I mean, we'll I'll, like I'll do some honorable mentions. I'll pass it back to you. And again, I just want to say the name of these games. Um, of course, a game that I like a lot, but I haven't played that much because I think it's more fun to watch the game is a totally accurate battle simulator. Yes. Great. It's a fun I, one. I mean, just what a good game. Ellie likes that game. She likes playing with me. Yeah. Uh, another one, which is kind of a weird one. It's called World Box God Simulator. And it is just this game I've where you can create one. this little map and start these little civilizations. I don't know. There's something really fun about it, how you create these civilizations and watch them kind of grow and build by themselves. And you can cause all these disasters. Or you can be like, well, I'll put a bunch of white mages in this mountain and they'll put a black mages and they'll start fighting and... You know, you can have warring civilizations. So often when I play that game, I just kind of sit back and I'm like, yes, unfold. And I drop a meteor every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And I'm like, yes, the plague has spread. And I start spreading like zombie infections. <laughs> you know, so that that's a classic fun little game. But yeah, I just wanted to shout out those two games really because I feel like, you know, I just wanted to. Yeah, some of the other small things I've played. We might do another, you know, a, a second part of indie games at some point. But the ones I want to shout out: Darkest Dungeon, mm. uh, <gasps> Darkest Dungeon, man. I, I think games, you and I need to play it together. I think yeah, that's how we can one get of those it. games that I see that game and I'm like, it's so cool. Looking. Yeah, I know. And right? I play it, and it for you beat, some like, the first boss, and then you're like, I don't. For some reason, it just does not want i don't know i think we need to play it together but it's one of those games i always wanted to get into because it looks like it is so just um up my alley don't starve oh don't starve is a good one great one uh dead by daylight Mm. i think it's a fun one to play uh terraria 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 is just a classic right i mean we can throw in terraria with like minecraft so it's like yeah terraria i think when it first came out really started as like a minecraft clone but it's so much more than that i mean terraria is fantastic oh if you say that online you'll get ridiculed yeah the, the warring great. clans of terraria and minecraft are pretty fierce mm. shop uh shopkeep oh remember yeah. that one that really weird one shopkeep is make, a good one that, that's a fun little game you like you know make a shop and you sell things and you can increase or decrease the price and people come in and steal things and uh pixel junk monsters Ooh. that little tower defense game Man, you're just you're you're going all the way back to the catalog. Yeah, that, I mean that's that's another great one. That I remember playing that on the PS3, and that was a lot of fun. Monsters, pixel junk, and then if I could give one more shout out, I'm looking at my list here real quick. You know, I don't love it, but Seven Days to Die, <laughs> I think is a it's a good yeah. zombie game with a lot of faults. Yeah, and that's all I'll say an about alpha. it. Sit. Still, remember when it was like really like blocky? God, Do you remember that? Yeah, like I when uh, Brent showed it to us? Yeah. Interesting. Oh it's also like when we were using um, what's it called? Ha- Hamachi. Hamachi. To like yeah, to make connect, IPs, yeah. servers, yeah. And that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, anyways, Charlie, what's your last one? So the last one, of course, is one you know, but it's Mon Frère. Risk of Rain Two. Ooh yeah. So I wanted to include this I, one because so I was like, I was like, should I mention this? Because yeah, like, nah, Jack nah. and I played it recently, and. I've just I'm really fond of this game. I think it's just talk about a game that is very much gameplay first. Like it, the story doesn't for matter sure. for sure, but the game itself, like the art style, is great. It's such a good pick up and go yeah game. Like I can do a little quick session, and if you can't, you just exit out. No and big the, deal. You there's know what I mean? something about the way like, because the game, the whole premise of Risk of Rain, and this goes back to the first and second one, is that the longer you play, the harder it gets. 
you complete one stage and the difficulty jumps, but then the time you spend in that stage, you know, counts to the being harder. And so eventually you hit this point where most enemies are one shotting you and bosses that used to be, you know, tickets to the end of the level tend to just spawn in as normal enemies and it just starts getting chaotic and insane. When those like Titan golems start spawning in. Oh my God. And so I just, I love risk of rain and I love that feeling of that constantly escalating like difficulty. And Jack and I, I don't think we, I of course, I think I've beat it solo several times, but Jack and I haven't beat it together because we keep trying to play it on just like the regular difficulty. And we always spend too long somewhere and end up, Getting and it's one of those games that I also enjoy playing with Jack because for the first time I'm like, oh yeah, and Jack's like, man, you're just so good. And I'm like, that's what it feels like when I play Warzone with you and I just die and you're just like jumping around and killing all these fools, making it look like it's piece of cake. And so you it's know. kind of nice from that yeah. aspect and very selfishly, which is you know not a good reason to like a game. Well, I mean, I'm like I'm gonna play this robot that like can't move very fast and tries like I'm the freaking huntress and just like darting everywhere. I'm like, if I like. Even when I use my dash as the robot, unless I have the right items, I feel like it's so hard for me to get away from damage and charge. You can be like, doop, doop, blink, doop, blink, doop, doop, blink, blink. And I'm like, yeah. dead. Yeah. dead. And I'm like, okay, cool. But, but yeah, I wanted to bring up Risk yeah. Rain because I think Risk, Risk Rain 2 is a lot of fun. It's cool really character good. designs. Oh, yeah. Just great. Neat. Phenomenal soundtrack. soundtrack. It almost goes too hard yeah. at times. Risk but that's what I love goes about too it. hard almost all the time, but it's it's good, you know. It has that kind of StarCraft Age of Empires quality to its soundtrack to where like you'll just be listening to it and you don't realize how much you're kind of jamming along. You're like, man, this is this is good. But yeah, I wanted to bring up Risky Rain as the last one because of course I feel like we played that recently. And then of course it's been Elden Ring that has taken that taken it's that been spot. So, Jack. That is the end of our list. Of course, there are plenty of other plenty that we didn't mention. Indie games that I played in the past. I mentioned Hollow Knight, and that you, you know, guys are shouting at us. We right can now. go back, and we can always do another one of these oh, episodes. Yeah. But I wanted to very briefly touch on a lot of the games that I've played within kind of the last year or so, last two years. Really give them a quick shout out because hey, those are the games, and having these small indie games, I think, are great for those moments where you can spend two weeks with a game. Like I think I spent two, three weeks with Hades. Very solidly. Like, I would come home from work, finish my writing, work out, and then just playing Hades. <laughs> you know? And so I always appreciate those type of games. And you know what? Brilliance exists out there, not only in games like Elden Ring. You know, games that have wide commercial claim or call duty, but there's all there's all sorts of experiences with games out there. Yes. And that's what I wanted to highlight today. Yes, indeed. Jack, before yes, I wrap us up, do you have any closing thoughts or statements or anything you'd like to mention about indie games or things you played? No, I just want to say thank you to everyone who were patient with us. Uh, someone unfollowed us on Spotify, but then someone followed us again. So I don't know who it was. We did it on the 37. Now we're back up to 38. So thank you for that. We've been having a listener from Portugal. Entering, I can't speak. Interestingly, yes. Oh, God, you wee. made me. You made me the second guess that one. I know. God. Interestingly. Interestingly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so stupid. Try just take take it away, man. Take Everyone, away. as Jack said, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Rack and Tour Collection. I've been Again. having too much to drink, too much root beer. <laughs> Again, apologies for the delay. Hopefully, we'll be able to keep on track. But again, life comes up. Work happens. 
and you know work is what's paying the bills and life so, comes at you pretty fast <laughs> but jack already said where you can find us and so all i'll ask you is hey if you enjoyed this message or enjoyed this message if you enjoyed this episode leave us a message if you enjoyed this message, leave us an episode. Just drop a quick hour we're, episode for we're, us. We're really fumbling the, the outro. We're, we're rusty. We're rusty. We're a little bit rusty. But if you enjoy this episode, just leave us a message. Tell us how your day is going. And you know what? We'll respond to you because, hey, our community is small enough that you can respond directly to us and we can respond directly to you. Oh, yeah. Everyone, have a good rest of your day. Have a good rest of your month have a good rest of your time alive whether that be short or long and jack signal that music clumsy titan get in here (gasps) music music music